If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, welcome back to Games with Bill. Uh, this is uh, Bill, and we are talking about video games today. It is uh, August 9th. This is episode 698 of this show. That is crazy to me that we are about to hit the 700th episode of Games with Bill. It's not. It hasn't been Games with Bill the whole time. It started out as Nintendo Switchcraft, uh, and uh, it slowly morphed over time into games with bill which is because i wanted to be able to talk about more than just nintendo stuff i do this show live over at uh, youtube.com slash nerdnest that is my youtube channel if you have yet to go over there and click the subscribe and click on the bell please do it really does help out and a big thank you to everybody who is here live for the live show these are people who probably had notifications turned on uh because i just i just posted it and then we already have people starting to trickle in, uh, so I really do appreciate you guys hanging out with me. If you are here for the live show and you have a comment that you absolutely 100% want me to make sure that I answer, uh, then please use that super chat feature, uh, and we'll make sure to, uh, to to respond to that. All right. Uh, with that being said, we have some main topics today, and you might be wondering, where do the main topics come from? Well, Starting now, they're going to be coming from you all. And how does that work? Well, if you go to nerdnest.tv slash submit, you're going to see a form where you can submit a topic for the show. That does not mean that I will absolutely hit every single topic that comes in. I shared this with people in our community discord. I shared this with people in the, the Patreon. And uh, if you are one of the people who've already seen that, I already have some people who sent in content for me to talk about and i really do appreciate that so with all that being said let's move on to our very first topic of the day this one comes to us from brian brian says capcom just showed off two new characters for street fighter 6 i was watching the video and the graphics look um, balls. <laughs> that's a funny word um are you going to pick up street fighter 6 also do you have an arcade stick or controller, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Do you use an arcade stick or controller for your fighting games? I use a hitbox. Love the show. Stay rad. Brian. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for sending that in. Uh, yeah, wow. I saw the um, the release of the two new characters. I forget what their names are off the top of my head, but uh, one of them is the first female person of color that's been a playable character in a Street Fighter game. And I think that there's a lot of people who are rightly excited about that. Um, I think that this the graphics look just amazing. Now, most of the time, I would not be terribly interested in a Street Fighter game. And the reason why I would not be uh, interested in a Street Fighter game is because they have all of that quarter circle forward and hit a button or quarter circle down or like forward, down, and then quarter circle forward. Like all those 
inputs, those very precise inputs, I'm always terrible, terrible at that kind of stuff, which is why I've always really enjoyed uh, games like Smash Brothers, which focus a lot less on the manual dexterity and more about the, you know, finding the right distance, maintaining the right distance, knowing when to go in for an attack instead of being really good at making those inputs. Now, like I said, normally Street Fighter 6 would be a complete pass for me, but Street Fighter 6 might actually be on my short list. And that's because they do have that new input method that is supposed to be bridging the gap between the old school people who will still have their their style of inputs and the filthy casuals like me. Uh, and the filthy casuals like me will probably want to want to use the new input method. So I think that the graphics, oh my God, the animations and the graphics for this, for the actual fighting, uh, the moment to moment fighting, if this little trailer that Capcom put out on their, their Twitter handle, uh, if this is to be believed, man, this game is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I love the way that every time that when they when they kick, when they punch, when they do an attack, there's like some kind of weird wind, like purple and black winds moving around. I, I assume that that might be just for this character uh, whose whose name I don't remember. Uh, but they all have like these these colorful uh, flourishes that go along with the attacks. And I just think it looks incredibly cool. I really, really like the aesthetic that they're going for for, for Street Fighter Six. So I am with you there 100%. Now, do I use an arcade stick or a controller? And then you said that you used a hitbox. And I was, I was curious, what does that mean you use a hitbox? So I Googled it and I came up with this thing. This is the, the, the hitboxarcade.com. And it's $250 for these things. And it's just buttons. Like it's only buttons. (laughs) I could never, I could never play a game of any fighting game using just buttons. No, no D pad, no stick, no, like, no, I could never play like this. But do I use a controller or uh, an arcade stick? Personally, I use a controller. Uh, because that's where I tend to, uh, like, that's just where I tend to focus my games the most, uh, is, uh, with a controller. Uh, I, I do have like an arcade up here in my, in my nerd nest. I have a, an arcade up here, uh, and I, I play arcade games with the stick, obviously, because that's the way that they're meant to be played. But I mean, I did play street fighter and mortal Kombat in the arcades, but when I put the most amount of time into fighting games, it was with a controller. So I play with a controller, and that's another reason why I'm very excited about the new control method because I do think that, that those new control methods uh, are going to be making make the game a little more accessible to people like me. And I've seen a lot of people say that they're unhappy that the game is going to be more accessible. And to those people, I say, why do you care? how other people are playing the game, you still have your control method of choice available to you. Uh, and that's that's the thing for me that, that I think a, a lot of people forget about is that they're not taking away your way of playing the game. They're just giving people like me 
a way to kind of onboard themselves. Anyway, I think that they, that, that Street Fighter Six looks fantastic. I would have ignored it completely if they had not announced the fact that they were bringing on like a more simplified control scheme. And I think that that's going to make the game do a whole lot better than previous iterations of Street Fighter. Uh, Marco Parina uh, in chat says, agreed people should play on whichever platform they want. Uh, Ninja Guy X in chat says, I love using Chun-Li, but she's so technical. Maybe she'll become less technical with, uh, with the simplified inputs. Although, in my opinion, the simplified inputs separate... P- or, okay, non-simplified inputs or traditional inputs in a Street Fighter game separate people who are good with the controller from people who are not good with the controller. You can have, if you get rid of that, that clarification, then you separate people who are technically good at the game from people who are not technically good at the game. And that has nothing to do with their manual dexterity. It has more to do with strategy and understanding how the characters work. Uh, Anyway, that's how I feel about it. Uh, Captain Gid in chat says, uh, the biggest distinction, distraction, distraction in Street Fighter VI for me though is the colorful Swish stuff obscuring the characters. Yeah, I do understand that. Um, it's funny when you, and we'll talk about this game a little bit in the uh, later on in the show. But when you compare Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate to a game like Multiverses, um, there's a lot more going on on the screen in Smash Brothers than going on on the screen in multiverses. And I think that the, I I have no evidence of this, but I think that the developers did that uh, for the specific reason of trying to make it easier to follow what's happening on the screen. If you're looking for any evidence of that, it's the huge outlines that go around your characters when you're playing. Uh, It makes it so much easier to follow the action and I think I saw like a digital foundry video where they were talking about that Smash doesn't need to highlight where your character is, uh, like with those big, bold outlines and stuff. I disagree. I find I find multiverses to be more enjoyable to play, even though the roster of Smash is so much infinitely better. Um, I find multiverses to be more enjoyable to play for me because I don't lose what's happening as much it makes it so much easier for me to follow the action and stay engaged now maybe you will have the ability to turn all of those uh visual swishes and swooshes off i don't know i i hope that they they give that um that they give that those options to the um whoops i just i just messed that up hold on uh to, to the the end user to maybe make it a little bit less less distracting. All right, let's move on to our next main topic for today. And our next main topic today comes to us from Eric. Uh, they said, I saw your tweet about Splatoon 3 and how it needs to, ha- to be different than Splatoon 1 and 2. I'm curious, how do you want it to be different? I love Splatoon and I have played it, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have played it nearly every day since the first one came out. I can't wait for Splatoon 3, and I'll be watching the Direct at work. Anyway, love the show, but please include more Nintendo stuff, Eric. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for sending in that message. Um, I'll say this. 
Okay, well, for for the for those of you who are curious, what are the, what tweet are you talking about? Well, I was responding to this tweet from Nintendo of America. They said, "Tune in on August 10th, which is as I record this tomorrow, uh, at 6 a.m. Pacific time for a live stream Splatoon 3 direct presentation. Join us in the Splatlands for roughly 30 minutes of updates." And a lot of people are very excited for that. And I tweeted. Uh, essentially, I retweeted this or quote tweeted it, however it is you want to say it, that I'd like to see more from Splatoon 3. Like, I've talked about this on the show in the past, but I have been waiting for Nintendo to justify the 3 at the end of Splatoon 3. Now, Spl- the last Splatoon came, game came out five years ago, and it makes sense that it's time for an update for that game. But at the same time, for them to be bringing an update to the game, I mean, okay, here's the way I think about it. When you're bringing a sequel to a game to the same system, that sequel needs to justify me spending another $60 on it. And I loved Splatoon 1. I really did. The The single-player campaign uh, and the final boss fight of Splatoon 1 on the Wii U was a masterclass in game design and just how to make a game really, really fun. Um, Multiplayer Splatoon one, just a chef's kiss. It's so good. It's so fun. Absolutely wonderful game. Splatoon two comes out and it's a sequel and it's on a different system. And I really didn't get into um, the single player, but the multiplayer I put tons of hours into the multiplayer of Splatoon 2. Tons of hours. And then they brought out the Octo expansion, which was single-player stuff mostly. And I just wasn't really interested in the single-player stuff. I, and you could tell me how great it is. I didn't, like the, I didn't like the mechanic of going around and looking for the entrance to the next level. I found that to be irritating, and that it turned me off. And I, so I ended up just playing multiplayer. So when Splatoon 3 got announced... My initial reaction was, okay, how are they going to differentiate this game from Splatoon 2? How are they going to make this game not just DLC? Because if if they could just release more single-player content to Splatoon 2, then why not do it as DLC? And that would that would keep them from splitting their market, where the audience that plays that game... Uh, you know, they go to play a game, and if you're on Splatoon 2, and if you're on Splatoon 3, you're in t- different player pools. Ah, pools. Ah, no, no pun intended there. Um, I think that they really need to show something that makes Splatoon 3 multiplayer demonstrably different than Splatoon 2. And I'm not talking about just weapons or skins or something like that, because that doesn't really... Make it make it a huge change that justifies the $60 entrance fee of a brand new game. And that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I, I remember when when I tweeted this, somebody had replied to me. I think it was Richard, who's a very good friend of the show. Uh, they said, I want a Splatoon 3 to be a battle royale, or at least to have a battle royale mode. I would love that. I would like it for them to have a... Like, they had a cool horde mode that they added in Splatoon 2, but the way that you went about joining the horde mode was such a pain, and you couldn't really do it with your friends as easily as you wanted to, and you couldn't do it every 
time that you wanted to play it. It had to be like a special occurrence. I think that, that those were all huge, huge mistakes that Splatoon 2 made. And I really hope that Splatoon 3 goes a long way towards fixing all of the mistakes that they made with Splatoon 2, which is a game that I adore. And adds new mechanics that justify not it just being DLC for the second one. Anyway, I hope that that makes sense. Uh, Geek to Sneak in chat is saying, Bill is right on the money. Thank you very much. Um, Ninja Guy X says, uh, oh, wait, no. Where did that go? Um, Oh, okay. Ninja Guy X says, Splatoon should release every year with minimal updates. JK. Oh, they're making a joke. Honestly, that that that's you are making the exact argument and i know you're just kidding but you're making the exact argument that i feel like is happening here is this is no different than madden you know when a new madden game comes out how is it different than the last one other than like a roster update which is nonsense that that's the way that they update their game then it comes out oh it's madden 22 and madden 23 and madden 24 justify it Give us a reason to be paying that $60 other than you know that we already will. And I think that Nintendo knows that we already will. But at the end of the day, we don't know yet. And, you know, maybe five years is long enough. But again, when you load up that game, is it going to be all that different from, from Splatoon 2? Why wouldn't I just keep playing Splatoon 2? Anyway, thank you so much for sending in that that message and that uh, that topic because... I definitely, definitely think that it's an interesting topic. Um, oh, you know what? Before we move on, Ninja Guy X in chat says, Mario Maker 1 and 2 is kind of what they did. Lots of improvements on the second one, worth every penny. And I would agree with that. I just, the differences between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 weren't really enough for me, but it was okay because it was on a different system. Because this is on the same system I expect more from a sequel, if that makes sense. Anyway, let's move on to our third main topic today. And our third main topic today comes in, comes into us from Series S Superman. <laughs> uh, they said, Microsoft released a new dev kit for the Series S that has more memory than the previous dev kit. Do you think that Microsoft is getting ready to release a new Series S? <clears throat> Perhaps a Series S Pro what will its price be? And do you think it will hurt sales of the Series X? Love the show. And then the, that was from Series S Superman. And they they sent in a link with this uh, comment. And uh, actually, you're, you're incorrect about what, what Microsoft is actually doing. Uh, thank you for sending in the link. I do appreciate it. But uh, the article ex- itself, like if you just read the, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The headline. Uh, It says Xbox Series S to get performance boost. Microsoft is giving developers more access to the console's memory. All right, right there. They're not putting out a new dev kit. They're updating the dev kit to give the developers who are developing for the Xbox Series S or X more access to the memory. Basically, what that means is in the past, they reserved this much memory for the operating system, and then the developers get this much memory in order to run their games. Microsoft is saying, all right, we're making our our operating system a little bit more efficient. And because of that, that frees up memory that then you guys can use for your games. 
And I think that this is really, really great. Here's what um, here's what they said when they interviewed over at The Verge. Uh, the Verge, yes, sorry, I said that wrong. Um, this gives developers more control over memory, which can improve graphics performance and memory constrained consi- conditioned. I'm sorry, conditions, uh, which is fantastic. Now, keep in mind that this is not a new dev kit, and because it's not a new dev kit, that answer to your question, which your question was, are we going to get a new Series X or Series S Pro? No, I don't. I don't anticipate that we're getting a Series S Pro, and I don't think its price is going to change. Um, I think it's too early. In my opinion, it's too early in the life cycle of the current gen consoles for us to get new hardware. Uh, Well, new hardware that's more powerful is a better way to say it, because I would be okay with them bringing out a PS5 Slim or a a Series S or Series X Slim that that had a smaller footprint. Although, honestly, I love the, uh, the, you can't see it because my giant monstrous PS5 is covering it up right now. But my Xbox Series S, uh, I'm sorry, X, it's tiny. I think it looks fantastic. I really, really like the just the the simplified tall rectangle that they made. Uh, the PS5, which is obscuring it because it's so huge, I hate the way that the PS5 looks. So I would lo- I would really like to see um, uh, a PS5 Slim or an Xbox Series X Slim or you know just smaller versions. But I don't think it's time yet to have like pros out there, especially because it's so hard to get these systems as is. I think it would be a mistake for them to start shipping more powerful stuff because that would mean that people would, people who tried for a really long time to get their hands on this hardware, like me, like I didn't get my PS5 until a couple of months ago, which I have more to talk about on that in a second. Um, People who like kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and then finally got their hands on the the new generation stuff. Boy, they would be really upset if suddenly the old stuff like the they brought out brand new stuff on top of that. I was I like I just got my my PlayStation. If suddenly there was a PS5 Pro for like a hundred dollars more, I would be ticked off because I didn't have the opportunity to buy it when it first came out. It was just too hard to get. And I think that Microsoft and Sony really have to be, keep that in mind. Now, somebody's probably going to say, well, Bill, what about the, what about the Steam Deck? You know, you get the Steam Deck. It's really, really hard to get. A lot of people ordered theirs a year ago and they're just getting them now. And I would say, I totally get what you're saying. And on this show in the past, I've talked about, the Steam Deck, when should it upgrade? And I said, probably in two years. And somebody would say, well, I mean, the Xbox and the PlayStation came out two years ago. That's true. Maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical here. I'm not sure. I feel like the Steam Deck is different because everybody had the same chance to buy it. Like, they didn't have to be off that day. And they didn't, like, all you had to do is go to Steam hit the the pre-order option, and then just wait your turn. Whereas with the Xbox and the PlayStation, 
you like, you got to go to Best Buy every day and say, hey, you got any of those things in? And then, nope, I don't have any. And then you go to Target and you go to Walmart and then you go to this place and you go to that place. You go to all of these different places in the hopes that maybe you might be able to buy it. And if you are able to buy it, maybe you got to spend extra because it's some stupid bundle that they're forcing you to do. Whereas with the Steam Deck, you just plop down your money and you're like, I'll just wait my turn. And, you know, if they bring out the the Steam Deck 2 uh, a year from now, because it's a year, it's now been a year since we pre-ordered them. If they bring out the Steam Deck 2 a year from now, in my opinion, the Steam Deck 2 is not for me and you, the people who were the early adopters. It's for the people who waited and they were like, I don't think I'm ready yet. And then when the Steam Deck 3 comes out, then that's for us, the early adopters who are now getting the next one. That TikTok is a very important thing to do, especially because there is no end to this generation of the of this device because it's a computer that just plays your Steam games. And when the Steam Deck 17 comes out, it's still going to play those same games, which it's, it feels like it's in a different category to me. I still think of it as a consoleized PC, but it's definitely in a different category for me. Anyway, uh, Joel Mead in chat says series X still seems like it fits in most places in homes. Um, <laughs> uh, Captain Gid says that the Genesis was the prettiest in my honest opinion. I'm curious, which Genesis are you talking about? It had so many different iterations. Uh, Ninja Guy X says Microsoft and PlayStation really have to be careful with what they come up with in the future. Just because we're in a weird transition phase with the cloud, Steam Deck getting popularity, etc. I do think that they have to be careful, but I don't think it's because of the cloud and the Steam Deck. I think they have to be careful because people couldn't buy these things on day one. I think that that's really the the big issue. Um Frank Rivera in chat says they're still waiting for their Steam Deck. And Cloudy Skies Now says, well, Steam basically crashed for the first four to five hours of pre-orders. That's a lot of us got bumped into Q3. And while that's, excuse me, while that's absolutely true, and I didn't get the one that I ordered until quarter two, um, and I was was live streaming right here on the channel when the the pre-orders went up, and I was trying to buy it and playing Zelda at the same time, and Steam kept crashing for me. The only reason that I have the one that they, this one, is because Valve sent me this one early as a review unit. And then the one that I ordered, we got in June. Uh, we had finally received in June, and I gave that to my son as a birthday present. So I was right there with you, and I just lucked out that Valve happened to send me a review unit. Um, But that's still like, you know, roughly when you're going to get yours, all of the people who are trying to get the other consoles, like the PS5 and the the Xbox, like they're all like constantly like going to different websites, trying to buy them and they can't buy them. And that's a very different experience than just waiting in line. And I think that's I think the waiting in line is a better move. All right. Let's move on to our fourth main topic today. And our fourth main topic today comes into us from Alex. They said, excuse me, hey, Bill, there are many different gaming subscriptions, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, Stadia, Ubisoft, EA, Humble Choice, and even more. Maybe explain what they offer. It's a lot of info and can even make a special episode about it. 
Alex. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. I don't know if I'm going to make a special episode about it, but what I will do is is talk about it in a little, a little bit because I subscribe to a bunch of this stuff. Um, I don't subscribe to Humble Choice. I've considered that. I've, I've heard really good things about that, by the way, and I need to look more into that. Um, but I subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate, and I subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, not the expansion pass. And then as of last night, I actually have yet to have uh, to sit down and use it. I'll probably talk more about it in the next episode. Um, as of last night, I subscribed to PS Plus uh, Premium. Now, PS Plus Premium, the reason I subscribe to that is because my son subscribes to that, and he, and he's, he was... He's been staying at his grandmother's for a week, and he brought his PlayStation with him, and he ended up installing Ghost of Tsushima. And he's been talking to me about this. Like, we, we, we were on the phone for, I don't know, almost an hour yesterday just talking about that game, and he was really, really excited, and it's got multiplayer. And I was like, well, like, I looked at the list of other games that I would also have access to if I subscribed to it, and $120 a year seemed like it was an okay price for me. So I ended up subscribing to it and so so that he and I could play that together. But it also will give me access to, you know, the, all the Spider-Man games and Stray and, and that stuff. Uh, so I'm subscribed to the big three. And I will say, I think Game Pass is still the best one. It's still the best value uh, for what you get. And that's because you get all of the first party titles with it. So when a new game from a Microsoft-owned studio comes out, you have that game as part of your subscription. I won't say free because you are paying for that subscription, so it's not free, although sometimes I will say free by accident. Um, PlayStation is a little bit different. For PlayStation, uh, you are subscribing to a, a bunch of other stuff, which is really great. You know, you get a catalog of games, but it's not every first-party game. In fact... Sony has specifically said, we are not going to be giving out our first party games as part of the subscription day and date. What does that mean? Day and date. It means the day that it comes out, it's also available on PS plus premium, I think is the name of it. Um, They're not going to do it that way. The way that they'll do it is that they will bring them in after the fact. And that's because they feel that they can do it differently than Microsoft and still have it be profitable. I'm not sure if uh, if if that's as compelling an argument as Game Pass. And for me, I probably would have said no thanks to PS Plus, except for the fact that my son wanted to play Ghost of Tsushima with me. And so if I was going to buy that game, that was going to be 40 bucks right there. And then I would have to subscribe to PS uh, Plus, like, Essential, which is $60 a year, I think. And that's that just gets you the online stuff. Like in order for us to play together, I would have to subscribe to that anyway. And those two, the cost of those two things is almost $120. So it just made sense for me to get the, the PS Plus premium subscription, if that makes sense. Um, I will talk more about the, the my experience with the PlayStation subscription on, in a future episode. But I think that everybody's trying to do their their own thing the different in their own way. Then you look at Nintendo. Nintendo started out saying, "Hey, ours is really cheap. We don't offer as much, but it's really cheap." And 
you know, if you've listened to this show for a really, really long time, then you know that I've always felt that that was a really good move on Nintendo's part. And what did they add? Well, they added is a little, as like the, the icing on the cake was the old SNES and NES games as part of the subscription. And I thought that was a really compelling argument. You know, I get to play my games online. I get those that cool, the, the discount thing where you could buy... Uh, what was it? You could buy $50 worth of Nintendo credit for less than $50 because you were a subscriber. I thought that was really cool. Um, like that was really compelling, but then they brought out the expansion pass and the expansion pass was like twice the price. I can't remember the exact price cause I'm not subscribed to it, but it was really expensive. Uh, and it, it, all it really added was, um, Genesis and N64 games. And I was like, I'm not sure if that's enough for me to want to commit to the extra cost. Because I'll be honest, I really don't play the games, the the NES and Super Nintendo games on my Nintendo Switch all that much. So that wasn't good enough. But then they were like, in addition to the N64 and Genesis stuff, they started saying, oh, and this DLC for this particular game is included in your subscription, but they have yet to come out and just say all first party DLC is included in your subscription. If they do that, then I would subscribe to Nintendo switch online's expansion pass. But right now I feel like, I feel like it's not worth it until they specifically say that that's what they're going to do. Um, in your base in, in chat is saying subscription DLC was weird in my opinion. I don't know. I think it's okay. Uh, Joel Mead in chat says, I upgraded from PS Plus to P- PS Plus Premium for the last 100 days of my current sub for $16, and I can knock out Stray, Ghost of Tsushima, and Returnal. Ooh, Returnal's one I need to install. I've heard really good things about that game. Ninja Guy in chat says, I rarely play on my Switch, so when I end up wanting to play something online, it's more of an inconvenience. Um, I'm not sure I follow. Why would it be inconvenient to play it online? Um, uh, in your base says I'm stoked for Returnal going to PC. Uh, Geek to Sneak says I still have basic Nintendo Switch online member, and uh, Geek to Sneak also says I do enjoy Humble Bundle on the PC side. I feel like lately I've been uh, slacking a bit though. I will say this: the the subscription to Humble Choice. My understanding, and I, this is a very loose understanding of it is that the reason they call it Humble Choice is because each month it comes up and it says, hey, do you want to subscribe this month? And you say yes. And then if the next month you don't say yes, you don't get charged. I think that's really compelling. And uh, I'm going to have to do some more research into it, especially now that I've got my Steam Deck because I've been playing so many more uh, PC games uh, recently. Uh, All right. Uh, Moving on to our fourth main topic today i think it might be our last main topic let's bring up the fourth main topic no let's move on to our fifth main topic today uh this one comes into us from simply d they say i was really surprised at how good multiverses is now it looks like it's getting some arcade mode and ranked mode this got me thinking do you play ranked modes in games i always stick to the quick play modes also what do you think classic uh, arcade mode is thanks for the show d 
Uh, well, D, thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, that's a great question. So first off, I want to talk about arcade modes, or not arcade mode, but uh, ranked modes. My confidence level in my ability to be competitive when I play games is really, really low. And because my confidence level for multiplayer, player, player versus player stuff is low, for a very long time, I always, always, always avoided playing in ranked mode. And it was because I didn't want to ruin somebody else's experience. I didn't want to go into ranked mode and be partnered with somebody and like, like we're playing together and I'm the reason that we lose and that person goes down in a rank because Bill sucks at video games. I didn't want to do that. So I always avoided ranked mode for a really, really long time. That was until, I don't know, like two years ago or so. Somebody, I can't remember who said it to me, but but somebody said, look, ranked mode is better because that means you're not going to be going up against people who highly, who, who way out skill you. You're not going to be uh, competing against people who are wildly better than you at the game because it's ranked, you're being matched with people who are at your skill level. And so a good ranked mode, you should basically win half of the games and you should lose half of the games. And after they said that to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And my experience with competitive multiplayer games got better. I didn't get any better because I suck, but my experience got better because I was no longer playing against people who were way better than me and also people that were way worse than me. I was playing against people who suck like me. And that made a better video game experience for me. So I really, I really like that. Uh, so I do now play ranked mode more often than I don't when it's offered. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they also were talking about classic arcade mode and ranked mode coming to multiverses. Now I'm not really, I don't think anybody's surprised that ranked mode is coming to season one of, um, of multiverses, uh, but classic arcade mode. I'm curious what that is because here's, here's what I think it could be. And I think that this could be really, really cool. If you are good at the game, I probably won't be playing classic arcade mode because I'm not going to be very good at the game. Um, if you go to a classic arcade, you walked up to the arcade cabinet, you put your quarters on the on the screen, and then when it was your turn, you played. If you beat the other guy or or lady, if you beat the other person that you were fighting against, you stayed, and then the next person who had their quarters on the screen came in to fight you. And so classic arcade mode, I think would be really, really cool if you could be on a team. And you are playing to see how many people you can beat before you get defeated. I think that that would be a really cool um, uh, mode. And they could have like a leaderboard, you know, like, uh, you know, Jeff and Gary, uh, they, they, they beat 12 people or 12 teams before they got defeated. But then uh, Linda and Bill uh, beat 17 people or teams before they got eliminated. I think that that would be a really cool uh, mechanic. And it's not something that I, I think that I've seen 
in a really long time. Um, I believe that uh, season one of Multiverses did get delayed. We don't know when that's coming, but I, I do like that idea. Now, Heisenthal in chat is bringing up something very important. They said the thing about ranked mode is there there are people who make Smurf accounts, basically people who are just way too good and there's no one else to play with, and they make new accounts to play. And there's nothing you can do about that. At least there's nothing I can think of that you can do about that. Um, but... When you are you're, – you're going up against those same people in, like, the unranked modes anyway. So the likelihood of you running into people who far outclass you is lower in ranked mode, in, in my opinion. Uh, in Your Base says, that's an interesting way to look at it. I may try playing online more often. Thank you for compelling argument. Thank you, In Your Base. Uh, let's see. Any others, uh, other uh, comments in there? All right, it looks like that is it. Anyway, again, if you want to submit stories for the show, head on over to nerdnest.tv slash submit. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, there's a link in the description. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast there, uh, podcast app, there is a link in the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there is a link in the show notes as well. Uh, the last thing that I'll say before we get out of here – is uh, please consider supporting on Patreon. Uh, head on over to Patreon. Actually, I'm going to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp or patreon.com slash nerdnest. I'm considering changing the name of just do runjumpstomp. And if you don't find it, then send me a message. Um, consider supporting on Patreon. If you want to get this ep- this show without any ads in it, that's one way that you can do that. Uh, and if you have yet to subscribe to the YouTube channel, please do. It really does help. And then lastly, I'll say uh, in whatever podcast app that you are uh, subscribed to the show on, give it a five-star review. It really does help out. That's it for today's episode of Games with Bill. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you are still here uh, in the live show, hang around. We'll do a little post-show stuff, which I will send up for patrons after the fact. Bye, everybody. Bye.